Hi, I'm James Brooks, and welcome to From the Factory Floor, a conversational podcast about all things startup and tech, brought to you by the folks at thestartupfactory.tech. So, welcome to another episode of From the Factory Floor, and it's a slightly different layout today, so it's just myself and Ian for a change. Yeah, morning. So does that mean I have to do even more talking than ever? Well, I don't know how you could do, possibly do more talking, but um, it just means there's not someone else to break up the uh, <laughs> flow of you and I. So, um, obviously, like what we wanted to talk about this week is a little bit more about TSF rather than the wider context of tech or startups. And obviously, as the uh, founder, Ian, you've kind of got a bit more insight into this. So, what we want to talk about is what we actually look for in a founder. So, when someone sends us an email through the website when someone comes in when we have the first call what are the sort of different things that we're looking at when someone actually comes in so obviously it's really you and I who do that so I think we're probably best place to talk about it yeah it's an interesting one because um you know basically our model is we we invest in people they come in with an idea which we can then add some real innovative and smart tech to. But it's no different really to um, when you're hiring an employee, you're looking at founder qualities and the the kind of the the aspects of their personality, their experience, um, what would be like to work with. But that, that, that for me is kind of the number one issue because if we're going to have on a, if we're going to go on a journey with someone and they, they're passionate and it's their thing, then you know the three to six months that there we're we're with them, um, we've got to feel comfortable. We've got to feel we can get on with them, and then of course once the thing is thrown out into the wild, we've got to believe in them as a business person that can actually make a, a successful business out of the the tech product that we've built. Yeah, and it's I mean obviously we've had quite a few conversations with founders. Obviously some we've taken forward and some we haven't. We can really tell sometimes when. Someone is, I think one of the things I especially look for when we're first doing a meeting is almost the, not saying do they know the onions, but are they an expert in their field? Yeah. So I think a lot of people setting up a tech business assume they have to know some element of tech or be able to understand it. And obviously part of what we do is really take that risk away. But what we aren't is experts in the field that they're in, whether it's um, mental health is a big one at the moment where people talk to us or whether it's social media. We aren't marketers and we aren't mental health counsellors. So we really look at, are they an expert in that to complement the tech skills and the process and the business skills we've got within the business? No, it's a good point. It is a collaboration and it's... um... A relationship that must start off on the basis of trust and respect. I mean, they they must kind of trust us to do the right things from a tech point of view, and we got to respect them and understand them from their domain knowledge. So, I do think for me, you know, the number one the number one issue is that they've got domain knowledge and experience that they can evidence. They they kind of understand the market, they understand the problems, the challenges, the landscape. They understand what. The opportunity is with with potential customers, so that domain knowledge and experience is one. But I also like to kind of then just unpick what their mindset is. You know, are they strategic thinkers? Because 
you know, everyone can have a good idea and spot an opportunity, but not everyone can kind of grow a business as well. So they've also got to, you know, have that essence of the entrepreneurial flair uh, of creativity and discipline. Um, so that first meeting, I know you hate this example, the, uh, but I always kind of look at it as speed dating. First impressions, <laughs> first impressions count and uh, what's our judgment on them? And, of course, they're judging us. Yeah, I think talking about the first impression, I think one of the best first impressions was, um, if you remember, the guys from Nevo when they came in. And I'm not saying that everyone needs to come in with this level of a sort of polish and sort of the ideas so formulated. But they came in with almost that deck where you could actually click through it and kind of see how it worked, which really helped to sell the vision. And it kind of, it actually looked like a tech product, even though we knew it wasn't. And that really helped show that they knew what they were on about and how much thought and dedication they put into it, which really made it sort of tangible. And you look at them, Matt and Mike, and go, they can actually run this as a business and they really understand the domain and what they want to achieve. Yeah, I mean, being prepared, I think, for any founder, you know, whatever that meeting is, is it with an investor, a potential investor? Is it with a tech partner like us or is it with a you know potential customer? Be prepared. And, and you're right, they, they thought through their proposition and they gave a, a, you know, a very coherent pitch. I remember Mike... Um, kind of walking us through those screens. And at one point, like you say, I thought, is this a prototype? Uh, but, it wasn't, <laughs> but they'd actually done the customer journey and thought through, you know, what that looked like, which again showed, like say, thought and insight and, and you know, a deep understanding. So, yeah, I think that being, being prepared, but kind of showcasing what you do from an early stage and being prepared, I think was important. Yeah, because like I say, it's the element of showing that they are experts in what they do so that as much as we can build a fantastic tech product, we know they can run a business around what, because they've experienced the problem through the careers and what they were doing. Yeah. I mean, going back to one of the points you said before around, so how would you, especially in that first meeting or sort of the first couple of meetings, essentially, how would you actually look for that flair and that, entrepreneurial creativity that you kind of mentioned before yeah, i mean you do you, you kind of look for passion and that should be self-evident you shouldn't need to uh, you know winkle that out of of the folk that have come and they should be kind of full-on energizing it um but equally you want them to be objective not overly emotional so you want to see you want to see some passion you want to see that that flair um, equally, you want to see novelty in the thinking about why they think they're different and what they've got that can be different. Um, that creativity in terms of you know how we're going to make make a difference, why this makes a difference. But it's not just all about this, this the creativity. There are some kind of other things I look for. I think, I think there's probably two or three other things really. Um, I think I look for people skills. So you know straight away looking at how they engage me, how they communicate. Um, how they present, do, you know, are they good listeners? Because, again, any founder has, has got to take people on a journey uh, and therefore the people skills are important around building that team. And when they're pitching their idea to us and, and kind of showcasing that, I'm kind of thinking, well, what would they be like in front of a potential customer as well? So people skills are important. Um, can they sell? Uh, you know, Are they selling the idea? So you're right, creativity is important but are they over embellishing it are they kind of being a bit outlandish you know it's great have a big vision 
um, but literally, can they sell? And then I think from that is, you know, commercially, how are they, how are they judging the tone of the meeting with us? Uh, for me, around the commerciality and getting to kind of what's the win-win and the outcomes they're looking for. So we're not talking about pricing or anything like that, but just an understanding of how you form commercial relationships. So you're right, the entrepreneurial flair and creativity is kind of what we look for, but people skills, commercial acumen, can they sell? Um, and are they objective? I think are, are equally important traits as well. It was when you said the word acumen then and kind of a lot of how you phrased it then really made me think back to obviously when it was a thing on TV, The Apprentice. Because <laughs> honestly, you see, obviously we're a bit, I think, like to think we're nicer than uh, Alan Sugar at times because he's uh, obviously a bit how he is in the program. But obviously how they come across in terms of how they deal with each other, in terms of how they, like say, the ability to sell to someone, and obviously the, a lot of times not doing their own ideas, but their ability to just interact and come across as someone who we could actually work with in the future. Mm. Not just in terms of the three to six month project that we're going to build where people are sat in the office with us. You have your ups and downs in terms of the development cycle, which are just inevitable. But also in that shareholder relationship afterwards, where we can obviously help and support them run the business and actually being able to deal with them and enjoy dealing with them and being part of that journey. Yeah, it's going to be good. I mean, I think it's going to be a good relationship from the outset because you're going to spend a lot of time with each other. And, um, you know, this, what does success look like? I think the, um, the journey for a start for all startups is, is recognising that success is a journey. Uh, and like you said, the development cycle to their MVP is the first start on that. But going forward, they're going to have good days and bad days, as, as all business folk do. Um, so again, it's actually looking at what what do we think they'll be like at the various stages in the in the life cycle of a startup. So I'm always interested in terms of how they articulate their focus, their goals, the milestones, where they need to get to by when. So acumen is an important word for me because we are kind of an, we are an investor. We're investing in them, and our sweat equity model is is kind of a bet. Um, because we go from day one, you know, we, we are literally startup founders for, on, a, on a blank piece of paper. Um, and it's their judgment about them, as you say, understanding what the build looks like, what the MVP is, testing, prototyping, first customer discovery, all those sort of things. And then what, what they like to build the business going forward. So it's, it's quite a, there's a lot going on. And um, we're selling a reality TV show like <laughs> Alan Sugar. Um, um, you know, puts out, but the, you know, there's some elements of that where you can look at the just the, the relationships, the dynamics between the people, how people conduct themselves. Um, you know, everyone can walk in with an idea. Not everyone can actually build a startup. Not everyone can actually sell. So there's a lot more to it than just having a great idea. And I think one of the parts of that is almost the motivation behind why they've had the idea. You know, going back to Matt and Mike and uh, the guys at Nevo, they'd had, they saw a problem and thought they could fix said problem with their offering. And it was about fixing the problem rather than necessarily we just want to make a load of cash and almost that lifestyle kind of entrepreneur almost ticking that box to say, I've tried, I've failed, I've tried again 
or I just want to make a load of money and work for myself. I mean, I think they can be important in terms of why someone's doing it, but I think the motivation has to be, and I think you've always said that, you know, the cash is the applause. Yeah. You actually want to make a successful business, not just I want to be an entrepreneur, I want to make a load of cash, and I want to have that, you know, almost run the circuit of events to say what I've been doing and how I'm, you know, how I am what I am. Yeah, there's a lot of things in that, James. I think there's the two or three things to pick out. I think people like Matt and Mike at Nevo, Mark Hartley um, at Bankify, what impressed me was they identified a problem and therefore it wasn't a nice, shiny new bit of innovation, which everyone kind of assumes startups are. They both you know, both those ventures came about because of experienced people, talented people who saw a problem to be solved that no one was looking at. Mm. So a startup and innovation can be about fixing a problem. I think they were um, you know, the qualities of them and Tom McNamara as well about determination, focus of, of hard work, not the kind of celebrity status and, and just doing it for the money. They actually yeah. want to do a thing because it had purpose and meaning. And again, I think that aligns to our values and how we work in terms of pride and focus on, on, on doing something. And I think success, you know, what does success look like? And success... Now, success for me has always always been about achieving personal goals. I did that pride, satisfaction, fulfilment, and then money's the applause from that. And um, recognizing that it's not a get rich quick scheme. There's some sheer graft along the way, but it's the why. I think if anyone who's um, if you're not familiar with the Simon Sinek stuff around why, you know the bedrock, the heart, the heartbeat of an organisation, why are you doing what you're doing? Uh, go and read some of the Sinex stuff, and I think that's got to be the heartbeat of any startup. Yeah, it's really that mission. And I know, obviously, when we started TSF, we had our five pillars and really solidified this is who we are and why we're doing what we're doing. We want to help founders. We want to we want to create successful tech startups, and we didn't. It wasn't just a case of you know, almost the like you say, the get rich quick kind of scheme. And we've worked with some fantastic people and very motivated people. And they, like you say, it's that ability to almost find a problem and then solving the problem generates the revenue rather than looking at a revenue first and I want to get rich and then coming up with an idea just to almost fulfill that. Yeah, I, th- I think you're perhaps overstating it a little bit in terms of want to get rich. I think, um, I think people come, I know what you mean, I know what you're implying, people kind of come and say, look, you know, I want to make a pile of money. Um, whereas actually the motivation is working for yourself. What does that give you from a, a life and a personal learning perspective? So, yeah, there has to be financial reward. We're all human beings. Um, but I think if people come to us, as you say, where they focus on, I want to make a pile of money, I can build a £10 million business, then that's starting at the wrong end of the of the journey. Yeah. You know, it's why do you want to work for yourself? And, and you know we've had people come to us and they've not really thought through about what working for themselves is and the risks and the journey uh, that that implies. Because as a founder, you put the business and you put all your early employees ahead of you in terms of your cash flow and ability to pay the bills. So, yeah, I think financial incentive is one. I think doing something remarkable, um, I think for me, is the primary motivator. But you're right, motivations. Why, why do you want to do this now? And, and timing, again, of course, yeah, is another factor. 
Yeah, I mean, is there anything else particular that you actually look for when obviously someone walks through the door or has this has an idea that they're presenting to us? Um, not really. I think I think you know it, it's that first that first engagement. You know that first impressions count. The first conversations, how you warm to someone, um, how they communicate, how they engage you. It's just the usual things, really. But at the end of the day, we are, we are looking. You know, a founder is is a different type of business person, obviously, as well. They've got an appetite for risk. They've got an appetite for putting themselves out there. Um, you know, can we work with them? Do we believe they're going to take this? You know, to a, from an idea to a venture. But I think it's judgment. It's about the judgment of the of the person and the character in front of you. You know, we joke about and, and you know, take people out for a beer. But it is just all about that connection you create. If you're going to be in this together and we're investing in them, then they've got to be good, honest people with values that align to ours, uh, the way they conduct themselves, what they want to do. But I think it's just a, a good connection around domain experience, people skills, financial acumen, all those things we've, we've talked around. And it's just like, you know, would you trust this person? Do you respect them? Because there's going to be times in the journey where you're going to have a few heart to heart, so they're going to have to tell you a few things that you may not want to hear. So it's all about can you form an effective personal relationship um, that will last, you know, two, three, four, five years. And I think we've done that relatively successfully. I mean, you look at some a lot of the founders that we've worked with, you know, from the very outset through to the people working with at the moment. And you know, I know that your uh, one of your other favourite phrases outside the speed dates is you, know, <laughs> you, you should be able to go to the pub with people. You don't necessarily have yeah. to go on holiday with them. Absolutely. And it is it's that balance of, and I think one of the key words really is trust. Can you develop that trust and that bond with someone that you th- they are both aligned in values and you believe they can take it forward and turn it into create a successful business, not just have a good idea. Yeah, it's like sharing the personal stuff as well. You know, a number of our founders have got children. Um, so, again, it's, you know, understanding where their families fit in, um, talking to, to them about their family activities, which gigs they're going to, uh, what they, where the kids are at school, what they're doing the weekends. It is that intimacy. We, we do like to have that close relationship because, you know, the way we work and what our business model is, is they're not clients, they're collaborators. So we're, we're in the business, we're in the business financially, we're in the business emotionally, we're in the business psychologically. So it's a much more engaged relationship we have. So you know, I, I do like to get to know them as individuals so that when we are you know, having a business meeting with them or a review, there's some you know personal elements around it which we can share. That, that's important to me in terms of what I want TSF to be and how we engage and, and for equally our founders to feel that they can say, look, do you know what? I can't get in today. Um, one of my children's ill. Um, I, I just need to be at home. You know, that's absolutely brilliant because your priorities are your family and being able to share that. Um, so, yeah, back to Holland Sugar, I, I don't like that ruthlessness uh, that no. has applied to startup and entrepreneurship. It, it's all about where does it fit to your life journey, What you, you know, why you're doing this for your family, for yourself and stuff like that. So but the right sort of people, I think, is important to create that that relationship, that dynamic, and that culture, so that when we have two or three founders in the office, which we often do at the same time, they're all the kind of the, the same sort of people that can share and, and learn from each other. No, I think that's the – especially, obviously, when we moved out of uh, Federation House and into this office, 
also one of the key things we wanted was to almost between our founders almost have that community aspect feel where they can share parts of the journey or potentially where there's overlap you know collaborate and work together because like say you don't want founders because it can at times feel a lonely place when you feel like we think we said it before there's obviously got to be able to do a lot within a startup and obviously we like to help with, with there in terms of the tech and the other services and support we can provide but often just talking to founders who are also going through the same things that are potentially slightly further along and giving advice i think that's one of the real advantages of the space we developed yeah is that yeah. founders can come in and they've you know I'm not saying it's a safe you know it's a safe space and it is that place where you can actually talk and get advice when you need it yeah and you know you know my passion and one of the the things we've we've kind of borrowed was from factory records around innovation and a group of people giving it a go who all are aligned around values enjoyment and, and doing stuff together so it doesn't need to be overly complicated i know you know vcs and pe uh, investors have a a much more rigorous and um, disciplined approach to due diligence and, and how they invest and why they invest. We're obviously early stage on that uh, in terms of, look, I've had an idea, I've got some resources, can you help me? Mm-hmm. Um, but it is it's about the culture that we're trying to create and the sort of environment where we can help people step into that startup, um, give them some advice, give them some knowledge, share our experience, help them learn. Uh, but do that in, a, in an open and transparent and very, you know, human way around connecting people with people. I think that's really what we do. And obviously, I know we're kind of getting towards that time on the startup. And if anyone out there thinks that they fit the bill in terms of what, we, what we've said and the environment we've created, sounds like the sort of thing you'd want to be involved with. Obviously, feel free to reach out to either myself or Ian or equally visit the website see a little bit more about what we do who we are and uh, if you've got any inquiries obviously reaching out so i think ian thank you very much yeah good done. yeah no good good yeah but yeah again just you know reaching out to anyone out there who's listening to this who thinks you know what i'd like to come have a chat then uh, just just come into us we're in manchester tech center on oxford road and uh, always happy to have a brew and talk about tech startups football rugby music anything really yeah <laughs> and we do have a very good coffee machine as uh, i think a few of our founders have uh, found Indeed. rather useful rather than nipping into starbucks or costa <laughs> or obviously other coffee providers are available so <laughs> but no thank you very much ian for your time good, no, and, enjoyed that. good chat thanks yeah, thanks and thanks everyone for listening see you soon i think that just about wraps things up here if you have any thoughts or questions on anything we've said today Get in touch, whether that be through our Twitter at RealTSF or email at hello at startupfactory.tech or feel free to drop in for a coffee and a chat. As ever, thanks for listening.